Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Librarians Assemble, your premier audio resource for all things libraries and comics. I am once again Josh Stone, and with us, two times in a row, the the wonderful, the amazing, the brilliant Angel. How goes it, Angel? It goes, it goes. Fantastic. So, I know I just called us the premier audio resource for all things libraries and comics, this particular episode, however, has very little to do with libraries. We will be talking uh, shortly here about a book called Ringside from Image Comics. So we'll be doing a little bit, I guess, of book recommendation on that. But for the most part, we're pretty much going to be shooting the shit. And we're going to start off our episode today by talking about something that's been huge. Well, first, let's start with this. Let's, since this is more of a wrestling theme show, let's break kayfabe. We are um, <laughs> we're recording this on Wednesday. What is today? The thirtieth, Wednesday, March thirtieth. Yeah. So, Batman versus Superman has been out, and by the time this podcast reaches your ears, it will have been out for just over a whole week. And we are also recording this prior to this year's WrestleMania. By the time this comes out, it will be the day after WrestleMania. So when we start talking about wrestling later and you are listening, you're like, I don't understand why they don't know what happened at WrestleMania. It's because WrestleMania is still several days away from us. I tried to do math, but it's also very late at night, and that failed very quickly. Okay, so that's our little thing there. So let's start off by talking about what's been huge in the nerd world for the past couple days. Over the over this past weekend, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, and Angel's got a great name for it that she'll tell us in a second, um, came out. It came out and it made a ton of money, but it also um, came out to some mixed reviews. And Angel, being a huge Batman fan and a comic shop employee and all-around nerdy lady, went and saw it and has some feelings about it. So, Angel, what are your feelings about Batman vs. Superman? <laughs> My feelings on Batman vs. Superman is that it is the yawn of justice. There's the pun I was looking for. <laughs> the pun. That's not the pun this city needs. No. It's the pun we deserve. It is the pun that movie deserves. (laughs) It, I just, I had high hopes because even though the last Superman movie was not my favorite Superman movie, um, don't get me wrong, I love Henry Cavill as Superman. I had, I really wanted, I went in really wanting to love this movie. I I know you did. Like it. Everyone did. Like it. And. I'm not even. I can't even fault the actors so much. Okay, I was, that's yeah. That's what I was getting ready to ask you, though. Yeah, Affleck was actually a good Batman. Okay. He was a better Bruce Wayne than he was a Batman. Listen, Angel, was, you don't you don't have to say Ben Affleck was actually okay. <laughs> One of us on this here podcast loves Ben Affleck, and I, I don't appreciate your tone. <laughs> I love that man from Southie Boston. Yeah. But, <laughs> I was scared for Southie Batman to happen, and luckily it did not. It didn't. He's because he's a professional actor. He is, <laughs> but I just—he was Bruce Wayne for me a lot more in the movie than he was Batman. 
and Henry Cavill was a decent Superman. He's a god of Clark Kent. Far, far more emotional than I thought it needed to be. Like, I, you can't be that emo, Superman. You just can't. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with overly emotional Superman, especially in a movie where this is. I guess we're assuming Superman's been back for just Superman's been on Earth for just a couple years now, maybe like as Superman, as as the person who's decided to put all this weight on his shoulders and save the world. So, like, I'm okay with the idea that like he'd be having some kind of existential crisis all the time about it. <laughs> but yes. they also didn't play that as, for as emotional and dry and humorless and in a tome of a movie that this was oh my god they didn't really play that he was wrestling with that hey look at that sticking with the theme um it because i mean there are scenes where he's like i'm the only one who can do anything poor me and then and then at the same time getting into awkward sex scenes with uh lois lane in a tub that can't sustain two people and her fuzzed out nipple yeah, right? Like if you If you're gonna show a na- a lady naked in a tub, you need to go full gorilla and have a naked lady in a tub. Like you just can't let... fuzz out anatomy and act like it's not there. Yes, we can, <laughs> because now it's gonna be in the R rated movie. Oh my god. Have you heard that? That there that there's gonna be an R rated extended edition? Yeah, which like... is bullshit. You're just trying to cash on on Deadpool hype. Not o- not only that, but like Anyone who listens to the other podcast I do, I don't know what the crossover rate is, but I do another podcast with uh, two of my other friends called Comic Flops, in which we talk extensively about some of the bad superhero movies over the years. And we do it as a way to appreciate the golden age that we live in now of superhero movies. Um, Yeah. But one thing I complain about a lot, and I don't know if it's because I'm an old man now or if it's because I've become much more interested in serialized things on my t- on my TV. Like if I've been spoiled by serialized television. But if a movie is over an hour and a half for me, it better be damn good. It better and, be great. And this movie was a whopping two and a half hours. Oh, my gosh. And it felt like five. And it, it certainly felt very long. Um and so that's one of the things I've been complaining about before I even saw this movie. Like, before it even had an official runtime, they were saying, oh, well, Flash is, there's going to be something about Flash. There's going to be something about Aquaman. There's going to be Wonder Woman. There's going to be something about Cyborg. It's going to set this up. Oh, now Doomsday is going to be in it. There's going to be See, some. Where, that's where I really get mad at DC because they have a fantastic TV universe that yeah, if right. they could just not have their heads up their asses. And they, they already as a setup. You mm-hmm. have a guy who is the best Flash I've seen on screen, whether it be TV or movie, mm-hmm. in a very long like ever. Yeah, ever. Yeah. Grant Gustafson is a perfect Flash. He's great, and there's no reason that he couldn't have been a movie Flash. And like, oh. for me, like I like Ezra Miller. He's a he's a cute kid. He's a great actor. He's got the look. I, I like him. But the world knows. Grant Gustin as Barry Allen right now. Yeah. Like, and to change it, like, the only way they're going to be able to get away with it is that the movie universe is a different universe than the TV universe. 
because they've already established on the TV universe that there's multiple dimensions and multiple Earths and all that. And if you're doing that, it still makes no sense to me. And, and if you've you... got this built-in world. You could have, without having, you know, you could have shaved mm-hmm. half an hour off that movie. Yeah. And, by and... already having an established Flash. And yeah. if you just had, you know, Flash maybe in a couple episodes leading up to the release of the movie, mm-hmm. have, oh, you know, here's uh, this guy who, you know, we're meeting and his son had these issues and, oh, whoa, lo and behold, now we meet Cyborg. Yeah. You know, and then that's your intro. Like, the, the five seconds. No, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think, I think <laughs> the approach, I think the approach they're taking right now, and again, I, I'm speculating here, but it seems to be the going consensus among nerds that the DC cinematic universe is like Earth three <laughs> to TV's Earth one or however you want to shake it up in the long run. But if that's what they're doing, that's going to put off a lot of casual fans. Yep. Because I'm a diehard comic book fan and I don't like that stuff. Nope. It's been one of it's one of the things that have always. Like, those have been, like, the storylines that I hardly ever read. Like, it took me forever to read Crisis, you know? Like, I, I never like I never cared about that stuff. Yeah. And so, it, it to me, that's a turnoff. And then, on top of that, you, you ran the risk of, and you failed, frankly. I mean, wh- however you feel about this movie, it failed to generate the same kind of, like, anticipation for an upcoming universe that Marvel did. And the reason Marvel was good at it isn't because, in my opinion, isn't just because they had funny characters or they allowed humor. You can have dark superheroes all you want. You can have brooding super. I don't... That part doesn't bother me. What yeah, bothers... not exactly a ray of sunshine. Yeah, and, and if you want to have a sad Superman for a movie or two... F- Okay, that's fine. Like, I, I don't need a, a wry joke every two seconds, especially in a movie that's pretty much a sequel to, well, half of Metropolis just died. So, yeah. like, you know, like, I, I get the som- the, the somber to- tone of it, but, um, what was it? Oh, so, like, what Marvel did well wasn't just, oh, they were funny. It's they realized that they had to take their time. Yeah. And so they had an Iron Man 1, they had a Captain America, they had a Thor, they had an Iron Man 2, they had a whatever before they got to, I can't even remember all of them now, before they got to the Avengers. Like, this one is... Just, there was a setup. There yeah. was a, there was a long-range plan. And this is in a time when, like, Marvel wasn't owned by Disney yet. So, like, they no. didn't have, like, they had to do it themselves. DC has been owned by Warner Brothers forever. Mm-hmm. Which is a and movie studio. Example, because <laughs> if Iron if Iron Man one had not done well, we would not have the Marvel universe no. we have now. It would have it, it would have been like, well, that's it's it. A huge gamble. Although I mean, you can't pick a better Iron Man than Robert Downey Jr. No, and and but at the time, <laughs> at the time, Robert Downey Jr. hadn't really made his comeback yet. Like no. he had just done Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which was. Um, the critics really loved, and people were like, "Oh, this, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s back." But it wasn't like a commercial success. Like yeah. average people, average movie fans weren't like, "Oh, Robert Downey Jr. was just in a great movie. I guess he's back." It was Iron Man that brought Robert Downey Jr. back. Exactly. So I mean, they gambled with an actor and with with the movie. 
But yeah, I mean, DC tried to shove too much into this movie, and it didn't work. It did not work. That said, I am fine with Henry Cavill as Superman. I love Ben Affleck as Batman. I have. I'm going to ask you some questions here about Batman because you're our, our resident expert Batman fan and all around Batman guru more than I am. So I have a couple questions Batman related for you. Um, I'm okay. Like in this movie, I was slightly more okay with Amy Adams as Lois Lane than I have been that I than I was in the first one. See, she annoyed me. I yeah. just got in the way all the time. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like every, that. every time she would be like, "Oh, good, the Lois Lane, the the great Lois Lane from the comics is here," then she would instantly become like a damsel in distress, for lack of a better term. You know, like. She'd be like, I'm a journalist. And then like 20 seconds later, never mind, I'm a hostage and I need a man to save me. Um, You know, and like, I'm going to lecture you, Clark and Superman, about your behavior the other day. Oh, but you took your glasses off and you even though I said, no, don't get in this bathtub. You got in this bathtub fully dressed. And that's romantic. Like, in what world is that romantic? I would be so mad if my husband got water all over the floor. Yeah, like not like so the, angry. The people like you have to clean that up. Yeah, I, he's not gonna do it. Sup- I'm gonna have to do it. Super- and I'm gonna get Superman's clothes are ruined now. <sighs> what happened to all those groceries he just walked in with? Those are just falling on the ground now. Ice cream in there that's melted. I'm gonna be really angry. That's disappointing. And then, <laughs> as someone who's lived in apartments for a majority of his life. Dude, your downstairs neighbors aren't going to be happy with this either. They don't want to fucking kill you. You're like, dude, there's water coming in to my my house, and I have to hear your your uh, ex- escapades up there. Like, what's up? Uh. So, I mean, like, they, they were a lot of troublesome. Or I've learned that kids these days are saying problematic a lot. So let's go with that. Let's stay hip. There are a lot of problematic things in, in this movie. But I don't think the actors... Are, are the problematic parts. I think it's except for except okay. for Jesse Eisenberg. There we go. <laughs> um I agree with me on that one. I did not know like you know, we knew everything about this movie going in. I didn't know. No one had said that the Riddler was going to be in this movie. Right? And, and so when he shows up going by the name Lex Luthor, I'm like, "Oh, well, interesting." Like jokes aside, what the was that like who it was like this weird mesh of the riddler and the joker somehow all in one it was yeah and like it's here's my problem and i because i've had this the batman v superman discussion i'm sure you've had it many times this is this is really my first real time having this conversation oh so this is my issue because i have again i've i've read a lot of batman Mm mm-hmm Superman, not as much, but I am a huge fan of the DC animated movies and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I've watched the majority of everything that they've put out animated-wise. And how can a studio... They're like... Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but they're like the opposite of Marvel right now. Like, Marvel is killing it live action. (laughs) Oh, and they're animated. And their animated stuff is complete dumpster fire. Yeah, but yeah. DC taking us, you know, put aside their recent success with Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl, 
Yeah. And, and now, sorry, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Like, that's all recent. But, like, their movies for a while have been borderline dumpster fire. Yeah. And their animated stuff has been phenomenal. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. amazing stuff. Even the bad ones are the still tolerable. And the, the Young Justice, that like, those are validly good series. I can't but... tell you... Okay, so Young Justice came out a couple years ago. You're talking about the Cartoon Network one, right? Yeah. That came out a couple years ago. You and I are the same age. So we were both too old to be into it. Yeah. We Um, were not the demographic they were hoping for. (laughs) Oh, my God. Was I so into it, though? Like, I first discovered it through, like, some DVDs at the library because I I think I missed the first half of the first season one or whatever. So, like, I caught up. I kid you not, by myself, not, not even with with the kid not with anyone because amira couldn't get into it like she she was a little younger and the show was more like teenage to adult but like so i would i'd watch this thing by myself late at night like feeling like a weirdo but oh yeah it was so good it was such a good but even their movies i cannot i am more hyped for this justice league versus teen titans movie coming out Right? Than I was for this Dawn of Justice movie because one I I have trust in the DC animated films, yep. and I a huge Teen Titans fan, and we're gonna get like a like a a grittier looking version of Teen Titans than we've ever been on, that's ever been on like TV, so I'm so excited for that. But anyway, yeah. go ahead. What were you saying about the the movies and oh, stuff? Oh, Lex Luthor. So for me. Lex Luthor has always been he's a businessman. He's a businessman who He's like he's so like a psychopath. Yeah, like Jay Z said, he's not a businessman. He's a business man. He is. He is LexCorp. Yeah, right? Like his name is on the building not just because he owns it, but because he himself is like he's like their Donald Trump before Donald Trump well, I guess well, Daddy. Lex Luthor did become president, didn't he? Yeah, Holy Lex shit. Luthor did become. It's, it's the future. I'm telling Holy you. Holy shit! <laughs> but Lex, guys, Luther... we got to stop recording. We got to start a political action campaign now. <laughs> <laughs> but like Lex Luthor didn't just show his crazy to everybody. No, like you didn't know Lex Luthor was a psychopath until you were either a with his henchmen and about to die, or, or already dead superhero or already dead and so it was one of those like this is not Lex Luthor Lex Luthor does not just let his crazy out in public like no. all really in the LA for everybody and a senator at that a this senator is- at that and also at a gala for can't by the way for the friends of the metropolis library <laughs> oh my god like that was the best part of the movie for me I was like oh the library's getting a shout out yeah but yeah <laughs> but- Luther does not just let loose his crazy no, for everything. That, that speech was so awkward. Oh, and like and I was so angry with him. Christina and I were talking about it a little bit and we we're like, well, maybe maybe this Lex Luthor is supposed to be more of like maybe they're trying to do something with like mental illness. Like maybe he's got some kind of bipolar or some kind of like like some kind of like he's on some the spectrum of some sort like like cuz the he way he acted <laughs> no he was he wasn't he wasn't calculated nope he wasn't very cunning he was smart 
He was he was very smart. He was very like knowledgeable. He was smart, and without getting into spoilers, he was far more of a detective than Batman was in this movie. Yeah. Okay. So let's go ahead and get into spoilers. Um, by time this episode comes out, you will have had a week to see the most popular movie in America. Um, haven't seen it. That's your own fault. And also, this is a podcast that you control whether you listen to or not. So you can pause it, come back to it after you've seen it, or just fast forward. I'm sure we've got another 15 minutes in us about Batman. So if you want to just skip ahead for 15 minutes, you should probably be safe there. Um, What the hell happened in the writing of this script where Batman gets played by Lex Luthor? Like... And and second of all, how did he get played? Because for most of the movie, Batman seemed to have just hated Superman because Superman destroyed an entire city, not because whatever Lex because Lex Luthor was sending him checks that he didn't even know about, like return yeah. checks. Like where the hell was the plot? There was no plot because Zack Snyder is a douchebag who has no idea about comics. No. It's the only thing I can come up with at this point. And I will say I um I've read a few reviews online and I've seen people say stuff on Twitter. So if I'm stealing other people's things without attributing it, I'm sorry, I've just seen a lot so I don't know where to attribute it to. But I will say somewhere along the line I heard or read somewhere that someone described this movie as just a series of scenes. Yes. Oh my god. Sorry everybody. Um I said a series of scenes and my phone thought I said hey Siri and, just, <laughs> and decided it needed to listen. Um anyway, so it was it was just um a bunch of scenes put together and not a plot, not a movie. No. And some someone else pointed out that apparently at some point Zack Snyder said something like he understood this whatever you say about this movie is fine. He he was gonna he was going for the comic book aesthetic, and that's not for everybody. And if there's one thing I've harped about on this show numerous times, is that there is no one comic book aesthetic, nope. nor is there one genre. Comic books aren't a genre, Zack Snyder. Um, so go to hell. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, I'm saying this. I I hate. Every movie I've seen from Zack Snyder, pretty much, except for I like Sucker Punch because it was pretty original, and that one made sense to me as being. And it had a storyline. It had, I mean, it had a vague storyline. It was a little disjointed, but, but for what it was. But that one made sense to be disjointed. Yeah. Like this movie and Sucker Punch and Batman versus Superman are very similar in that. There's strange dream sequences out of nowhere. They don't actually mean anything because they're in the minds of a crazy person. Poor Um, baby getting lifted around by bats. I'm sitting there looking at my uh, husband like, what in the fuck is happening right now? I swear to God. In that that opening scene, in that that scene when the bats start lifting him up, I said to myself, you have 20 seconds to tell me this was a dream or I'm walking out of this movie theater. Exactly. And then when he said in that uh, dr- in that dream, I looked over at Christina and I was like, "You have to be kidding me." 
I have never seen my husband roll his eyes like a mean girl more than during this movie. I mean, <laughs> Christina's not a big fan of superheroes to begin with. Oh. So, like, she was, she was visibly... Hmm? <laughs> What did you do to her by taking her to this movie? Listen, um, we've had a rough week, and I thought seeing a superhero movie would be interesting. We took we took uh, the little one with us. Like, hey, you know, whatever. Um, oh, you subjected her to that too. I, in my in my defense, Amir <laughs> loves it. Amir loves this movie. Amir loves everything though, so she liked this movie. Um, which I'll is another it. fun thing I thought because I've seen a lot of people and and I'm not I'm not against this this criticism. I've seen a lot of people criticize this movie for not being family friendly enough. Like you have the holy trinity of superheroes. You got Wonder Woman, Batman, and oh, let's talk about Wonder Woman in a second. You got Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. Wonder Woman is the only one out of all three of them who kicked ass. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'll come back to that in one second. So you have the the three biggest, pretty much arguably the biggest superheroes in the world. The most iconic, the most recognizable superheroes. The ones that are just known as the Trinity in in the comic book world. Um, Uh And all kids love them. Kids love to buy merchandise for these guys. Like, you have the most kid-appealing superheroes and you make the most adult movie, and not just like, oh, it's adult because it's gr- gritty. No, it's also adult because it deals with like really heavy, like philosophical issues. And much like at least ninety percent of the movie were people having philosophical debates. Kids don't give a damn about philosophical debates. Nope. They like they want to see a good story where Superman and Batman punch each other and then become friends. Yep. Um. So it was very surprising to me that Amir liked it, but I've seen a lot of people complain about that, and and to me, you have that right. You know, you're you're a parent. Your kids love superheroes. You want to foster that love. You want to take them to see, you know, your favorite superheroes, and then you get this piece of shit movie. I, I can understand <laughs> how you would be upset. Okay, yeah. Wonder Woman. I Wonder Woman was fantastic. It was the only time in the movie Christina perked up. I knew she yep. was bored, so I was like, when I, when she first came into the party, when they were at that library party, um, I was like, that's I lean over. I'm like, that that's Wonder Woman, and she's like, oh, and like she got more interested. Um, and then when she comes out in full regalia, when she comes out in her costume, then like Christina was way more interested because Christina, who my wife is not superhero fan but she loves wonder woman loves love loves Wonder Woman. loves the old tv show has read a few of the comic you know like just loves the idea of wonder woman so she yeah. was very happy to see her i was happy to see wonder woman on in a movie you know it's only been what 60 years um you know like you've only had a couple years to make a, a goddamn wonder woman movie anyway the fact that iron man gets a movie before wonder woman is just inexcusable but um i was not sold on this actress going into the movie because i don't know if we talked about it before yeah she's skinny as hell she's not built like the wonder woman i want no but it looks like she worked out she did good 
like the I'm sure the effects helped. I'm sure post you know post effects and editing to make maybe they made her muscles look a little bit more defined or whatnot in in the movie in post. But it, it looked good. She seemed great as Wonder Woman. She did great as Diana Prince. She did great as Wonder Woman. If this movie did anything, it made me very unexcited to see the Justice League movie. It it made me realize I really don't want Ezra Miller to be Flash. Nope. It made me... I'm still... I'm still excited for a Ben Affleck Batman movie because he will be mostly writing and directing the Batman movie. So I'm not that worried about it. But the thing this movie did that is most important, it made me excited for the Wonder Woman movie because I wasn't, I was more nervous because I didn't know how she would be. I, you know, like I was like, what the hell are they going to do? They're like, this is like the first big, female superhero movie to really come out like yeah. please don't f this up and it seems like it's going to be okay i forget who's directing it now but it's I, not Zack Snyder. So no it's not it's not schneider he's only doing the ones that should be really important definitely yeah he's only doing the two big you know team movies that should be like the most fun and important movies so which can i interject one second We've of talked course you can We've talked about Flash. We've talked about Wonder Woman. Oh, we didn't say Aquaman. But yeah, go ahead. The thing that made me really agitated was the Aquaman scene. It's only a 10-second scene, maybe 25 seconds at most. How did you not fix it in post-production so that it does not look like Aquaman is in pain from not being able to breathe? Yeah. Um... The mermaids at Wikiwachi can pull off looking like comfortable damn if you're listening to this podcast and you're not in florida you got some homework to do we just dropped some florida knowledge on you yes but yet you can't make jason momoa who is a hawaiian and has spent probably 80 percent of his life in the water and make him look comfortable in the water yeah i i've seen some stuff i'm angry get out of my ocean like face i know Oh my god, I can't breathe. Please get the shot. Please get the shot. Please get the shot. He looks scared to me. Yeah, he looks terrified that he's running out of oxygen. And like <laughs> I didn't think about that. I didn't think he looked scared because he was like like now that makes sense. Um <laughs> to me I was like, what the shit are they doing to Aquaman? For like I've been an Aquaman supporter for a long time. I've defended him against many haters. I like the idea of Aquaman. Yep. When they when they cast Jason Momoa, I was like, "That's great!" Now Aquaman's going to get like the credibility he deserves. People are going to see him and be like, "Damn, Aquaman is hot, y'all!" Uh-huh. You know, like I was like, "Yeah, he's a buff, good-looking guy. He's got a nice ethnic look to him, so like he looks like he could be like from this race of Atlanteans." Like, yep. like shit, you did not miss the mark on this casting. You did perfect. No, he looks like a perfect Aquaman. He looks like a fierce leader of a proud race. Yep. And the first time you see him on film, he looks scared out of his mind that he's cornered by a bunch of scuba divers. Yep. Like, what the shit? And, like, in that attack he does, like, and blows them up. First of all, how did you get that footage if everyone blew up? Second of all, um... Why did he have to look scared if that was what he was going to... Like, it looked like 
you know, like when an octopus shoots its ink because it's so scared. Like yeah. that was oh, I'm so scared, I just blew everything up. Like <laughs> no, I'm like telling you, if you watch this thing again, I'm watch never gonna facial watch features because you can literally see him holding his breath in. Because that was literally all I could focus on and all I could think of is, Oh my god, they couldn't at least fix this in post that I don't him- understand why they had to really film it underwater. We no. like you know, it would have been awesome if those people were filming from a boat and Aquaman popped out of the water because they were poaching dolphins or something. Yeah. Like, to, like come I, and see the dolphins. Listen, yeah. I know everyone would have made fun of it if your first shot of Aquaman was he was riding a dolphin. That'd be amazing. But if it's Jace, if it's Jason Momoa riding a dolphin, you're going to be like, damn, bro, that was cool. Like, it's, it's called it's Drogo. I was like literally fist pumping because I was so excited about the idea of him riding a dolphin. Yeah, because that would have been fun- it would have been so much better than what we got. <laughs> like I don't. You have you have an actor who just in his build, in his face, in the way he carries himself, is just inherently cool. Yeah, like he is just a cool effing dude. And you made him look like a wimp. Yep. You made him look like a scared person when he, again, is the leader of an incredibly proud, fierce, like, dangerous race of individuals. It's one of those things. That it's like, it, I mean, it truly, like you said with casting, they could not have picked a better person. They couldn't have. Literally, I mean, he's. I, from what I understand, he's Polynesian or half Polynesian yeah, in like, the background. He's and got an I, islander look to like, him. Those, I don't know if you've ever seen the haka dances mm-hmm. that the Polynesian people do. Those are some scary ass dances. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's their warrior dance. And it's phenomenal. And mm-hmm. also, people listening, if you have not seen a haka, you need to YouTube it. Yeah, now. do it. It's, it's, it's great. Awesome. It's, it's f- f- like... Again, whatever, I don't know exactly what his nationality is, which is, again, great for casting. Yeah. Because when you see him, your instant thought is, I don't know if he's Samoan, I don't know if he's Hawaiian, I don't know what he is, but he looks like somebody who grew up around an ocean. Yeah. <laughs> like, there is an ocean around him always. Like, he looks like he would, ne- he looks like what you would want Aquaman to look like. And exactly. we're, we're harping on this too much, but... <laughs> it, it was it was a disaster. It, the introdu- introduction of Victor Stone was kind of a disaster. Yeah. No one could tell what the hell was going on. I didn't even realize there was half of a human being on that table for like no. the longest time. Ugh, it was just so sad. Anyway, Batman v Superman. I don't think it was as bad as the reviews say. Because I've seen like... I've seen it rated on like you know places like Rotten Tomatoes and whatnot as one of the lowest rated superhero movies, and this is at the time I saw it, which was I believe Friday when it came out. It was already like rated lower than like the first Wolverine movie or like Iron Man Two or some of the other pretty bad ones. Yeah, it is not worse than that first Wolverine movie. That first Wolverine movie is a flaming pile. Of horse manure in a dumpster. I will say it was not worse than that. And it was not worse than Green Lantern. It was not worse than Green Lantern. But 
it wasn't a whole lot better for me plot wise for no, plot wise no but actor wise yeah graphics wise doomsday notwithstanding um it was oh my goodness okay you brought up doomsday all right let's so. finish off with doomsday <laughs> as a batman fan i was really agitated again many- oh we yeah, i never got okay talk about doomsday and then i want to ask you my batman stuff yeah. Unless you get to it yourself here. And then we'll move on to so, our book. Batman, one of the smartest people, in my opinion, in the DC universe. First of all, Alfred should not have been the brains behind the suit. He oh, my God. Been. Jeremy Irons, though, was fantastic as Alfred. He was, he was, except that I couldn't buy him as Alfred because Bruce would have been freaking a 10-year-old or a 10-year-old that would be looking after baby Bruce. Like... They're not that far off in age. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get so it's that. It's like but a teenager watching Bruce. It, I, I get that, but I've already suspended my disbelief enough to think that there's a man <laughs> who came from outer space. So I'll, okay. I'll, I'll do it for so, I'll give him that then. But <laughs> my problem is, Batman, you've got this phenomenal suit that you've had made to fight Superman. You've, you've gotten this phenomenal suit, which looks so close to Dark Knight Returns that it almost made me tear up. And it was (laughs) fantastic. And you have this suit to go fight the most powerful being on the planet. And then when Doomsday comes around, who's a bajillion times more strong than Superman that you've seen anyway, you change back into your regular costume. Mm -hmm. Well, Superman Superman (laughs) broke his helmet. Yeah, but you could have still worn the rest of it. What? but then it would look weird without the helmet. If I wouldn't care. Batman. Care. No. Maybe you wouldn't break so many bones. Listen, <laughs> if there's one thing I know about Batman, it's that he loves to coordinate his outfits. And if he can't get his helmet to match his outfit, it's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, it was just, it killed me. I'm like, really? You wore this phenomenal suit to mm-hmm. fight. It was pre- that was a pretty good looking suit. And I, then. I mocked it in the trailer. Back but... into your regular suit, and then not only that, and then like like a true, like like a true B level or even C level uh, superhero just hangs back for the entire fight. Yep, yep. He's like like you every remember, you watch Simpsons, right? Yeah, I mean, you I haven't in a long time, but the scene where. Homer is backing into the bushes. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one they had the, the gif of all the time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Batman. That was Batman, yeah. Batman. Batman's like, just sneeze back here. It'll be fine. Look, who's. I thought she was with you. No. <laughs> she seems strong. I'll, I'll, I'll hang back. You guys got this, right? Lois Lane, you're a moron. Why would you throw. Because she was defending her man. No, no. God. Stay out of the grown up business. Oh. <laughs> Okay, uh, moving on quickly from that comment. Um, real quick, Batman. How did you feel about Batman murdering Ugh. everyone and using guns all the time? So I didn't realize Batman was a serial killer. Batman. I've, I've never been aware of that. Batman <laughs> murdered a lot of folk. He murdered a lot of folk. And if you have such an issue with Superman killing a lot of folk... Maybe that's not the route to go with Batman? Well, in their defense on this one, we know Batman only killed bad folk. Whereas in The Man of Steel, Superman um, 
demolished Batman an entire city. Batman doesn't even ever kill the Joker. No, I know. And, and, when the Joker dies, it's because he snapped his own neck. Yeah. Like, um, Batman doesn't even kill the Joker, and that's no. his number one enemy ever. He's not going to just go killing random bad dudes on the street. No. Um, the, the only way I could rationalize it in my own brain was that this was a Batman who had probably been retired for a while and came back. They mentioned somewhere along the line that, what, he'd been doing this for 20 years now or something like that? Huh? Yeah. You think? Okay. I, I think that's what I remember hearing. So, like, to me, Batman was jaded and angry. Like, if they did anything, they established that this current Batman was angry as, like, he was very mad. And I think that went along with it. But I still can't... But then that's not Batman. Then it's not Batman. Like, if you want to make Batman angry and frustrated and scared, like... Then you do Dark Knight Returns. And he didn't kill... He doesn't kill people in that. No. <laughs> he would have killed Superman. Yes. He would have He would have done... It, had Superman gone the way that that stupid dream sequence in the desert showed Ugh. which was my favorite batman outfit by the way it, that was um, that batman outfit was hot as hell yeah like both and, physically and aesthetically exactly um but had superman gone that route i have no doubt that batman would have done what he had to do with the kryptonite and taken out superman i have no doubt yeah. that i have no doubt that <laughs> had clark not manage to instead of say Lex has my Same mom <laughs> instead say more syllables save Martha uh. he would have been dead yeah we don't have time to get into that but <laughs> they become friends because they both have a mom named Martha like, are, you, are you kidding me like oh but yeah I, I had a I had a lot of issues with Batman killing people, and I'm hoping that when Ben Affleck is in charge of the script, he won't? Like, he'll fix that? I'm hoping he'll fix it, because he's claimed to be a big Batman fan, as it is. I know. I heard somewhere that he was, like, writing a script in the Batman costume, Mm -hmm. and I hope that's true, because that's awesome. That's an awesome visual. Okay, so that concludes... Our Batman v Superman wrap up. So we've gathered here today, not just to vent about Batman versus Superman, but to talk about a new comic book series that came out uh, a few months ago, late last uh, late last year, called Ringside. Once again, we're heading into Angel's realm, talking about Image Comics. Uh, Ringside. There are five issues out right now. Um, I apologize if anyone in the can hear a lot of lot of crashing sound. My <laughs> dog has a cone on his head because he just had some surgery today, and so he's decided he needs to wake up now and become a wrecking ball. So, apologies to anyone who is listening to this with headphones on and now hears the loud crashing sounds of my dog. Um, <laughs> anyway, so there are five issues out of Ringside. It's one complete arc. It stopped for now. It will be coming back in July, I believe, of this year. 
So we decided now would be a good time to talk about it. It's done with its first arc, and I'm sure a trade will be coming out probably sometime before July. Yeah. To to get the hype going for the second arc, and not only are we talking about it now because um, they just finished their first arc, so might as well, but also because um, WrestleMania is this weekend. And I've also been back into wrestling now for a little bit, so I want to talk about wrestling, and this was a good excuse to do so. And oh my god, this dog is going to drive me insane. (laughs) Um, So anyway, Ringside is written by, I'm going to murder his name, and I'm very sorry. Ringside is written by Joe Keatinge, or Keatinge, I'm not sure, I'm going to go with Keatinge. And drawn by Nick Barber. There's coloring and inking by Simon Goach and Ariana Marr. And let's see here. So the basic premise is there is a retired wrestler who's doing some training and training some young kids out in Japan. And he gets a call and he comes back to America because a person he cares about is in danger. And when he gets back, he kind of meets some old wrestling friends and meets an old promoter friend of his who's now running a bail bond service. And he basically just gets kind of into some bad spots as he's trying to figure out what kind of trouble his friend is, his old friend is in and what he can do to help. And so you meet the people of his past life. Along the way, you find out you know, more about him as a previous professional wrestler and how he is really done with the business and he's kind of sour on the business. But he used to be a really big star known as the Minotaur, I believe. Minotaur? Yeah, Minotaur. Yep. So he, um, he was real famous and every time he meets a, a wrestling fan, you know, they say something about it and he gets kind of like upset because I guess it's still a, a wound that he doesn't want to deal with Mm -hmm. but it's a really good book i'm trying not to do any spoilers right now just doing you know general plot overview it's basically a crime a crime drama set in the world of professional wrestling if i can say any thing about this book first and foremost besides the fact that i i enjoyed it and i think the art is pretty pretty cool looking um I will say that this writer knows the wrestling business yes, really well. Um, I was a big wrestling fan for most of my childhood and early teenage years. I got out of it for probably, I've probably been out of wrestling for about 10 years before I just got back into it. But I got back into it pretty hard. I listened to a lot of wrestling podcasts, so I know a lot more jargon now than I've ever done in my entire life. Um, and this book knows its stuff man like whoo it's real if you're a fan of the movie the wrestler this is probably a good book to read if you like that kind of like retired wrestler you know dealing with life outside of the ring this certainly has that in spades uh the art is really good the art to me i and your angel you're a really big uh southern bastards fan To me, the art had a Southern Bastards feel to it. Very much so. Did you get that too? Okay. I did. All right. Um, 
so yeah, overall, before we do any spoilers, Angel, what what were your takeaways from this book? And did I miss any plot points? Your plot points are spot on. Okay. Um, I, I don't know how to even get into it without spoilers. Okay. All <laughs> right. So here we go. We did this last time, and I thought thought it worked pretty well. There are about to be spoilers for Ringside, the first arc of Ringside. So you have three, two, one. All right, spoilers from here on out. Angels, okay. what did you think about this book? I really liked it. Okay. Um, it's not my favorite image book, but I really liked it because, again, I like wrestling too. Mm-hmm. I have not been as into it in the last, like, six months to a year. I watch it more occasionally. Than well, that. you've had other stuff going on. I've had a lot of other stuff going on. Um, but um, I really liked... I liked the fact that the writers obviously know their stuff. They use the right jargon. They use oh, the right yeah. technology. And like, even to the point I that they know, like... That is not Vince McMahon on the page. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Like, they were taking a shot at Vinnie Mac, man. That Holy is, hell. The biggest shot of Instagram I've ever seen in my life. I know. Like, I know. And they even, like, you know, the main character, Danny, mm-hmm. um, he's in Japan. And for those not familiar with wrestling, J- wrestling is huge in three countries America, Mexico, and Japan. Those are, like, the big wrestling spots of the world. Yeah. And, like, a lot of retired or you know used to be really big in america stars end up going to japan to teach teach or to try to get you know get over one or two more times when american audiences have grown tired of them over the past several years from what i've seen um a lot of people are going to japan earlier than they used to Mm-hmm. And, like, kind of starting their career. Like, even a lot of American and, and uh, European wrestlers are starting their careers in Japan more than they used like to. Finn. Hmm? Like Finn. Oh, like my boyfriend Finn Balor. Yeah. Because, yeah. um, like, back in the day when I would watch wrestling, the only wrestler I had remember, the only, like, um, you know, North American wrestler I remember coming from Japan, like, being big in Japan and then coming here was Chris Jericho. I know Chris Jericho was yeah. a real, you know, really big in the New Japan circuit and then came to Did he go to ECW first or WCW? I can't remember now. But I want to say it was WCW. I know he was with WCW, but I don't know if he stopped at ECW first. I think he might have Oh my god. I I was really sick a couple months ago and I watched this like long ECW documentary. And it just made me so nostalgic. Anyway, um, I think he might have stopped at ECW, then went to WCW, then went up to – I still can't call it WWE. I still call it WWF. I'm sorry. I know it's not that anymore. I know the World Wildlife Federation sued them finally and blah, blah, blah. But bear with me for this episode because I will be an old man and keep calling it WWF. Um, so, yeah, that was, he was the only one I knew. But now you got a lot of people like Finn. Um, God, now I just blinked on a bunch of other ones. But I mean, there's a lot of people coming coming up in NXT. Like half of the Bullet Club that's coming up right now, AJ Styles, who's yeah. on WWF's roster right now, was a big New Japan guy before going to. I think he went to like Ring of Honor and then to WWF or something like that. But yeah, so you you get that a lot 
And not only that, you know, they 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 cover a lot of. At one point in one of the uh, issues, one of the old. Who's the other old wrestler? Do you remember his name? I've been trying to look it up. I can't. The other old wrestler we see all the time who's touring with the new kid. I cannot find his name for the life of me now. I can't find his name either, and it was driving me crazy. Um, maybe they never actually said it. I thought they did, but anyway. He, his last name was Davis. Okay. So but I don't remember his first name. We'll just call him Davis then. Um, so Davis finds out he's getting sent to Florida for yeah. developmental reasons. Which, again, <laughs> NXT. NXT, like, even before NXT. Like, even if this was, like, set in a world pre-NXT, that's still, like, that's what they did. There was, Florida's always been a hotbed for developmental wrestling talent. Like, exactly. So, yeah. I, yeah, I'm looking at some panels right now with Vince, like, their drawing of it. He almost looks like Vince McMahon, too. Like, yep. oh, so good. Well, and, the old wrestler guy reminds me of uh, Hart. Oh, which one? Hart. Brett? Uh-huh. Uh, I can see that. Like, if his hair was black, I could see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I could see that. Oh, Brett Hart used to be one of my favorite wrestlers, man. Um, yeah, so basically we find out that I think one of the best parts of this book is when we find out that Danny is gay. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. When you're like, why is he back in, like, who is this person he cares about? And then he's like, then you find out he's back because his ex-boyfriend is in trouble. And he feels yep. like he owes, he feels like well, he needs to protect him. He didn't make a big deal. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's what I loved about it is it's just, there was no big, there was no big reveal. It wasn't like he just came out. Everyone knew. Yeah. Like they just handle it matter of factly. It's like, oh my God, thank you. Yeah. Like, cause it is just not a big deal. Like, and there is even a scene where like the young kid is, is meeting Danny for the first time. And was like, um, he was talking about some issues and he kind of like, you know, some issues he was having about being on the road all the time. And he was kind of like hedging, his his words and and uh davis was like you can tell him he's cool he's like i just don't get to see my boyfriend that much yeah like yeah i'm sure there are a ton of homosexual wrestlers like yep and that's fine like who gives a shit like it's a performance art like i like what the hell do i care but um so i i thought that was really cool but yeah he's back because um his boyfriend teddy or ex-boyfriend Teddy is um, in huge amounts of debt to some. Hundred thousand dollars. It was. It was like it was a like um. It was like ninety something thousand, wasn't it? Like. Well, it was a hundred thousand, and he had. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, um, like a huge amount of money. <laughs> like if for uh, he he's on drugs and all kinds of stuff. So. The the arc ends with Danny, you know, the whole arc is Danny trying to find these people. He meets them really early on. They beat him up. And then he... Really badly. Yeah, really badly. Um, and then he, he goes on a mission with um, one of the one of the guys working at the Bail Bonds place, who's an awesome character. I love him so much. He's, he was really cool. Um, so he teaches them, like, this is how we find people. Please don't be an idiot. You promise me you're not going to be an idiot, and so yep. Danny Danny goes and be's in, becomes an idiot anyway. Um, so he finds this this mob. He finally takes out a 
big chunk of them. Then the boss comes in and is about to like really lay the smackdown on him. He brings out Teddy to like really drive it home. You see like his emaciated ex-boyfriend and looks really bad. And so then Danny all of a sudden reveals like his big plan. Like, well, how are you going to recuperate any money from him in this condition? He's never going to pay that debt off. He's no use to you like this. And he finally like, how about I work for you? I pay his debt off. In return, he's under my protection. You leave him alone. Blah, blah. Like, he sets this huge thing. And, he, and then, like, it ends with him meeting some guy out in the desert to get some guns. And you don't really know what's going to happen next, what what Teddy, I, what uh, Danny's up to. I kept waiting for it to be like he was going to have to, like, become a, a wrestler again to pay off the debt. Yeah. And I'm sure it will get to that at some point because they keep making a big deal about how he's never going to work for the, that company again. Their Vince McMahon and him are on very bad terms. He does. Oh, another thing that, like, you really know they know their stuff is when he was, like, when his the guy who runs the bail bonds place, I think his name is Andre. Yeah. He was like, listen, man, I got you can I got these I got these uh, billboards up. I can put these things out. The Minotaur is, you know. You can dress up as a mentor. We'll be raking in, though. He's like, are you out of your mind? Are you trying to get sued? I don't even own the Minotaur. Like, and that's something WWF does. They own those characters' names. Like, yep. That's why so many characters, when they leave, have to use, use different names. Or when they come in from a different place, have to use a different name. Because Vince McMahon wants to own their name. <laughs> Exactly. So I thought that was a really cool little throw. Like, I'd be interested to see how The Rock does what he does. Yeah, well, I mean, there's probably a reason he has to go by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, but he just did a deal with Under Armour for the whole thing is the Brahma Bull. Oh, shit. Like, he has the Brahma Bull on the Under Armour logo. Really? Yeah. Maybe he can own it because that's his tattoo, too. Maybe. And it's on his body. Maybe it was on his body first. Or he may be big enough that they made that part of his exit contract. Or, yeah, I mean, he still is under contract with them. He has a Legends contract with them. I mean, he's supposed to show up at WrestleMania. Yeah, so maybe he, maybe, no, not maybe. Vince McMahon is getting a cut of this, I'm sure. Oh, I'm that's, sure. That's the, our answer. <laughs> I am sure that deal with Under Armour, a small portion of it goes to Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah. And The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, I've seen, he loves Vince McMahon. He's one of the okay. few people who has has good stuff to say about him. Yeah. I mean, in, in Vince McMahon's defense, a lot of, like, and I'm sure a lot of people come back mainly because they need a paycheck and there are no other wrestling promotions that can pay these days. Mm-hmm. But, like, even people like Bret Hart came back and he screwed yeah. over Bret Hart big time okay. before he left. Royally. So... Anyway, before we get into just general wrestling talk, um, the book is really good. I I actually liked it. Uh, I think I might maybe like it a little bit more than you. Um, it's one where I definitely want to read it more. Yeah. Like I can't. I I'm excited for when July rolls around, and not just because it's wrestling based. Like I think even if you're not a wrestling fan, there's something in this for you. Like if you like, you know, like true like crime stories or you like mysteries you know like it feels a little bit like um god i just said like a lot um it feels a a little bit like um breaking bad 
except without yeah. like the drugs. Like it's like this guy is in a bad situation. He only he's only good at one thing. You know, like there's a lot of a uh, uh, there's a lot of like the motif in this is a lot of I don't have any talent. This is my one talent. Like even the old wrestler, even the young wrestler, their storyline is basically this is all I this is all I can do. You know, like I I'm not I'm not a bill, you know, like I I'm not good at computers. I'm not good at that, you know, like I yeah. can wrestle. I can take a bump. I can do this. I know the business. Like this is well, my he was a former marine. And well, they... sorry, there are no former marines. He that... was a marine. <laughs> Thank you. Um, don't get our podcast in trouble. Um, yep. Yeah. Nope. So he's a, he's a marine, and so yeah, what he's good at is, for lack of a better term, violence. Like I, I you know, yeah. like I, just. Combat. There you go. That's the better word. He's he's good at combat, and he's good at negotiating. That last that scene where he like stands up to the the mob boss and's like, "All right, let me lay it down for you. You've got this kind of thing going on. You got this going. On. I can do this for that." Like I was like, "Wow, that's re- that's really good." Like I was reading that part. And I'm like, "That's a strong argument." <laughs> like, yep. what are you gonna do? So i'm very interested in this series i i will definitely be picking it up when it comes back around when it comes out in trade i know i will be ordering it from my library how would you would you recommend this as a comic shop employee if somebody came in looking for you know indie indie comics or you know non-superhero comics would this be one of the books you would be recommending now or yes definitely Especially once it comes out in trade, mm-hmm. I think it translated better when you can sit down and read all of it together. That's kind of why I waited a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Once I found out that it was going to go on hiatus after the first arc ended, I was like, "All right, well, I'm I'm going to wait till that first arc ends and pick up the first five. Yeah, no, it's definitely something I'd recommend, and it's it's also along the lines of you know because I have customers who I know like certain things like. Again, you mentioned the art with Southern Bastards, and I think mm-hmm. it kind of goes along the same uh, folding, unstory, story unfolding, the way it's paced out. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, and it's kind of. People enjoy Southern Bastards, you're probably going to enjoy this as well. That's true. I mean, it's, it shares a little bit of a theme, too, about like homecoming. Like, he's coming back to this place that he left, he's coming back and having to defend this place, you know, like. Whereas, I can't remember the guy's name now, where the, the older guy comes back to his southern town and has to defend pretty much the whole town in his mind. Yeah. Danny comes back and has to defend his ex-boyfriend, but in many ways he's also kind of like defending his profession. Yeah. You know, and if he's not, definitely the, the other storyline with the younger wrestler and, and the older wrestler is definitely, that plot is definitely... One man is trying to keep a, a profession going. Like, you know, he's helping this kid learn the ropes. He's teaching him everything he knows. They're traveling together. They go to a convention together. And he's like, listen, this is all I have left. Like, I'm not going to make a whole lot of money. But that pop you get on in the ring is now something you'll get here. You know, like, yeah, you know, these people come up to you and they're going to be like, Oh my god, I, I loved you and it's the last rush you have. He teaches him about how every like this kid didn't know that when a wrestler retires he loses his last match. He's like, Well, don't you want to go out winning? 
He's like, that's what's the point of that? You're, <laughs> you want to continue this profession. Like no one is in professional wrestling who doesn't love professional wrestling. And yeah. in order for there to still be a professional wrestler, you have to help get the younger kids over. So in order to continue that, you lose like the biggest honor you can have is losing your last match and getting that person over and that person becoming a huge star. Yep. So like he teaches them all this stuff. So like there's definitely a theme of redemption and can you actually go home again and tradition. Southern Bastards is steeped in like mythology and tradition of the South. This book is steeped in mythology and tradition of professional wrestling. Yeah. So yeah, besides art, I think they share a lot of similar themes as well. Um, any other thoughts on? I'm I'm Insane? looking forward to seeing where it goes. Yeah. Um, I really want to see if those guns that he just recruited in the desert are for use against his new employer or yeah, like he's for his new employer. Yeah, I wonder. Because I, mean, I know that the friend, uh, what was it, Amy, the Marine Corps buddy. Yeah. I know that she ixnade usage of her guns. Yeah, and what a great, like, so. I love that scene, too, where she's like, yeah, I'm a responsible gun owner. Like, yeah. she lectures him like that. Like, ah. all these are registered. Yeah, like. <laughs> You're not going to cause havoc with my registered gun. This book is really smart. Where, like, some comic books would be like, oh, we got professional wrestling, we got crime bosses, we got guns. It would just be nonstop action. Yeah. This book is grounded in reality where... No. There are consequences. There are consequences. Like, this guy gets his ass whooped and he spends most of the book bandaged up and barely alive. Yeah. He has that talk with the doctor who's like, I don't know what you do, but it, do if <laughs> your spine is about to break in half. Like, yeah, it, it was really good. And I will say that last scene, I'm looking at it again now, it's definitely sometime in the future. Because he's no longer bandaged up. Yeah. And the you end on a close-up of his face, on Danny's face, and it's full. There's no bruising on his face. Yeah. He's got a nice beard going, like a, a groomed beard. Like, he's taken care of. Yeah. And it ends with, you know, the other guys telling the young kid, like, the best way to go out is you go out like this. Then people remember you fondly for a long time, and then you stage your comeback. And so it ends with a nice close-up of him having just seen this trunk full of guns, and it says you stage your comeback. So there's definitely something. I I would bet those guns are probably his backup plan to take care of the mafia guy. Yeah. But at some point, they're going to have to get him back in the ring. So I'm going to be I'm going to be interested to see what happens with that. Because I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has to sell his soul to to Vince McMahon <laughs> and go back to being the Minotaur. Yeah. So, I'd, I'd be interested to see it. I want to see Yeah, I definitely, I definitely will, will come back to it. I'm looking at the covers now for each issue. And each one, after issue number one, each one has the Minotaur... In some way, um, being take like being more important than Danny, like mm-hmm. issue two has the Minotaur up on the top rope with his hands up and a belt on his waist, like he just won. 
but in the foreground is Danny with his hand his head in his hands. The issue three has Minotaur with his hand being raised like he just won, and another shot in the background of Danny the Marine, and then in the lower is Danny all bandaged up after getting his ass whooped by the gangsters. Mm-hmm. Issue number four is where I, is when I started to really notice the trend here. Issue four is beat beaten up bandaged Danny in the corner of the ring getting his throat smashed in by the Minotaur. So he's being crushed by his own past. And then issue five, the end of the arc, is bandaged up Danny, current day Danny, holding a big old wrench, standing over a bunch of bloodied, almost dismembered Minotaurs, a bunch of people dressed up as his old character. So I'm seeing a bit of a theme here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so at some point he's going to have to reconcile his past, I imagine. Yeah. So, yeah, o- overall I thought it was good. I I generally don't care about the letters section of books, you know, like the end uh, image does it a lot. Um this one was pretty interesting. I I read the letters, you know, some of the letters at the end, and I thought the the writer and the artist did great jobs, you know, responding and man, do they do they know and love wrestling a lot. all right so let's get to some just random wrestling talk so wrestling for those who may not know these days is very good like when i left wrestling the wrestling world it was probably 2000 Uh i would say 2001 at the latest um maybe even a little earlier than i'm not quite sure but um it was getting pretty bad. It was at the height, it, or maybe not the height. It was at the tail end of the Attitude Era, oh, yeah. when it was just, ugh, just disgusting. Like I loved it. <laughs> no, I I loved it at the time. Yeah. But it doesn't hold up. No, it doesn't survive and, the test of time very well. And one of the things that bugged me, like even as a teenage male was the betrayal of women like oh my god like every woman was just treated and portrayed so poorly Mm -hmm. oh god it was disgusting except for my girl like even though they dressed her kind of trampy my favorite woman wrestler as i was leaving was lita yes do you remember lita oh she was so great beautiful could wrestle she was one of the few female wrestlers back in the day who could actually go like she could wrestle man um so yeah that's about the time when when lita was becoming a thing uh, like pretty popular is about the time i left um but coming back into it like there's a whole big world out there right now like oh yeah when i left there was when i left there was no there was no ring of honor or at least not as popular as it was and it was it if it was around, it was very underground, and I did not even know about it. Mm-hmm. There certainly wasn't a TNA or Impact Wrestling or whatever the hell it's called these days. There was no NXT. New Japan was incredibly hard to get your hands on at all. Yeah. Um, there was certainly oh, no Lucha cool. Underground. It was it was WCW and WWF. That's what you had. Yeah. And so I grew up with WWF, and as I got older, I moved over a little bit to WCW. 
and then I kind of watch both of them. But what were some of your favorite wrestlers when you were younger? Who did you enjoy? Uh, the Rock was my favorite. I never oh. liked. I never liked The Rock. Oh my god, I loved him. I uh, loved him because I had watched wrestling with my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll sense a common theme. Anytime I talk about stuff I watched, it was almost always with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I watched wrestling with my dad, and I remember when The Rock was Rocky. Yeah. And came out as baby face and was, you know. That was the rock I did like. I didn't like him when they when they turned him. No, I loved Heel Rock. Oh my god, I loved Heel Rock. <laughs> when he came out as when he turned heel, if you're gonna use lingo. We are oh, we're using lingo folks. <laughs> so you're gonna have to keep up. For for those who don't know, Heel is a bad guy, Babyface is good guy. Yeah. We mentioned K earlier. That one's a little harder to explain, but that's basically like fiction that that's the in that's the built-in fiction so like the storylines that go on that's considered kayfabe and a jobber a jobber is somebody who loses or helps talent get over helps talent look good but i loved when rock turned heel because i felt like his personality like i i know it's not his real life personality because in real life he's a really nice guy he is did you see uh maybe last month maybe the month before he came back on Monday Night Raw when they were in Miami. So this yeah. is probably... Did you see it? Yeah. It was disgusting. <laughs> he was so bad. And he spent like like three minutes just innuendo. Hey, remember that time we had sex? Hey, remember that time we had sex? Oh, oh is, that your, is that your husband sitting next to me? Yeah. Oh, good good for you, bud. She's real great. Like, oh, this, what the but hell? But I love you, Rock. But because that was too much. It was over the top. It was very over the top. But I, I loved in in his heyday, heel rock when he first turned heel. Oh, and he could work a mic, man. That man, that man, like. Here's okay. another term. He could cut a promo. He could cut a promo. And let's take it back to high school for a second. Do you sure. remember what's his name? Tony Gandolfo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, oh, okay. Non-professional wrestler, kid we went to high school with. Sorry, yes. kid we went to high school with. Yes, I he remember. He could do the best rock oh, impression. That's fine. And, every, and I had to ride the bus with him every day. That's fine. And we should call <laughs> It's almost midnight where we are right now. We should call him up right now. I know. Didn't he, didn't he and his wife just have a baby not too long ago? I think so. We should call them up at midnight, wake up the baby, and ask him if he can smell what the rock is cooking and then hang up. Yes. Oh, yeah, that'd be amazing. I think Thanks. our new podcast should just be prank calling people we went to high school with. Yes. Oh, there's so many. There's so many. But yeah. Shout I was, out to Tony. Shout out to Tony. Shout out to Tony. He could do the best rock impression on the bus, and it was ridiculous because we were a bunch of teenagers, and it was dumb. And Oh, yeah. We were so dumb. I remember... Okay, speaking of teenagers and dumb, my favorite wrestler when we were in high school, and this goes back to my ECW nostalgia trip the other the couple months back, I loved Raven. He yeah. he was like, he was my everything. I loved the way he wrestled. No one could sell like Raven. Man, that guy, he when he took a bump, dude, you, he sold it so much. It was so amazing. I loved watching him like just flop around like he was hurt. Yeah. I loved his style because I was a grungy, goth, angsty white kid. 
<laughs> so like Raven spoke to my soul. I oh. loved Raven, man. But when he He was I, right? He was ECW first. Yeah. Which is where like oh my god. When I discovered ECW, it was like this is I I, I apologize now. I don't know any other meta it's like I said, it's almost midnight. I don't know any other metaphor for it. When I discovered ECW, ECW used to air outside of Philadelphia at weird times, usually like midnight, one o'clock in the morning on like weird little local channels because they it was hard for them to get deals with anyone because they were so violent and gruesome. Yeah. So I just it used to come on, I think, like a Saturday or Sunday night. I think Saturday night where we were down mm-hmm. here in South Florida. And it was like 1230 or one o'clock at night. Something really. So like the house was dark and quiet. I had a TV. In my, it was like discovering like this world that I like shouldn't see. Like it felt wrong, like almost like discovering pornography at a young age. You're like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't look at this, but this is kind of intriguing. Like it felt like that. It felt like, like again, no delusion. Like I understand, I understood professional wrestling was fake, but if if you're like 14 years old and you're discovering ECW, you you're like, dude, if this is fake, I don't, I don't understand. Like these people were bleeding all over themselves. Like everything was so grungy and like, and then Raven stood out as the grungiest of them. And like, he would actually come out to like Nirvana songs and like offspring songs. And I'm like, holy shit. What have I discovered? And then one of the things, the music is one of the things that's making me excited for this new upcoming, uh, WrestleMania. Is that one of the promo songs is Avenged Sevenfold, Hail to the King. Oh, is it? I haven't noticed that one. Here, okay, here's how old I am right now. Let me tell you my WrestleMania song story. <laughs> I don't know if I heard, I've said it a few times. I, was, I apologize if I've said it on a, a podcast somewhere. Um, okay, so I've been seeing commercials for WrestleMania 32. Mm-hmm. By the way, WrestleMania and us are the same age, so that's awesome. Um, oh my God, that's scary. Yeah, right? Wrestle like. WrestleMania, we've grown, we've literally grown up with WrestleMania. Um, So anyway, they've had a song that's like, welcome to my house, you know, like whatever, like the song, welcome to my house. Um, I am not hip. I did not know that was a real song (laughs) because the WWF is good for just making their own songs. Oh, yeah. Well, Justina. John Cena's intro music is his own. Yeah, all of pretty much all of them now are are the songs. Book. Like they have their own music. Oh my god, the dog is over here now. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I figured that was just a song they made to say like WrestleMania is their house, yep. or or wherever they go is their house. And then one day at work, it was like we were closing up. It was like almost nine o'clock. I'm outside making sure everything's clear around the building, and this car drives through the parking lot blasting that song. And I'm like, is, I'm like, somebody's driving around listening to the WrestleMania theme song. That's amazing. And then again, still no clue. It wasn't until I was watching an episode of Raw or whatever with uh, with Amira, and they play the song, and she starts singing it. I'm like, how do you know this song? She's like, it's Flowrider. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, I'm so old. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, that was my WrestleMania song. But yeah, um. Raven was just like this breath of fresh air for me when I was a teenager. 
And then he went to WCW, and that was pretty cool too. When he went to WWF, it was a disaster. Like they they buried every ECW person they had, and Raven was one of the worst of all. Like they made him like a clown almost when he went to WWF. So sad. Um, the other ones I really liked. Again, no surprise if I liked Raven. The other ones I liked toward the end when I was leaving was um, the Hardy Boys, Jeff and Matt Hardy. I thought they were really cool. Um, so yeah, WrestleMania is coming up. We got NXT Takeover coming up, which I'm super excited for. Have you seen the card for NXT Takeover? Uh, I vaguely remember some of it. See, I've I, been so hyped up about WrestleMania that I have. I've, I've been you playing. you need to look at this NXT card because it is probably going to be a better show than WrestleMania. You got Sami Zayn facing Shinsuke oh. Nakamura. Who's like this huge, okay. huge star in Japan? Yeah, he's finally coming over to the WWF. Sami Zayn is moving up to the main roster, which is really fun. Which is hilarious because you've met Alex at the Boynton store, right? Uh, yes, I think so. He's like Sami Zayn's doppelganger. Oh, really? That's awesome. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So he's yeah. So the one that was featured on. One of the aired NXT shows. Um, oh, awesome. When Eva Marie came out, mm. made her big debut at NXT. Eva Marie. Uh, the he worst. was not even at that match, but they sliced Oh, they in just sliced in footage? Oh, funny. booing somebody else. That's so funny. <laughs> like, he was booing Eva Marie. That's great. And it was like, oh, Alex, this is your 15 seconds of fame. And it's booing Eva Marie. They Maybe they thought it was Sami Zayn, and that's why they cut it. Right? Right? That's so funny. It's weird and everything. It's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah, we also, on the NXT show, we got um, Bailey doing a great match with uh, Asuka, which I think is going to be amazing. Uh, we got... Finn and Samojo. Finn and Samojo is going to be a battle. I think... Here's my my take. I think... I- I don't want Samoa Joe to hurt Finn. I don't want it either. I everybody, don't. Keep, everybody who keeps going up against Samoa Joe gets injured. Gets hurt. I know. Ugh. When we are, when we went to the NXT show a couple weeks ago, it yeah. was it was that god awful Baron Corbin wrestling uh, Finn. Boy. And every time, like, because Baron Corbin still cannot cannot perform. No. Um, and every time he'd hit Finn, I'd be like, "Don't hurt him!" I start screaming like, "Leave him alone!" <laughs> One time he hit him in the face, like, don't hit him in the face. Like, watch his face. (laughs) He's so pretty. Don't hurt him. He's too pretty. Too pretty. Um, Uh, So, yeah, he's playing, he's facing some mojo, which is going to be good. I'm sure this is going to be one of, one of Finn's last matches. I'm pretty sure they're going to force him to go up to the, to the main roster. Uh, there are a couple other great matches on that card that I, I'm forgetting right now, but uh, yeah, Re- WrestleMania's got. Apollo Hmm. Elias Samson. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Oh, Apollo Cruz is good. Yeah. That kid. That kid is ripped, and he's so like agile for how big he is. Yeah. Oh, so great! I love that kid. Oh, Austin Aries is making his debut too. I forget who. He's, oh, he's wrestling Baron Corbin. Yeah. Um. No, so yeah. That's the first match of the evening. I wouldn't. Yeah, it'll probably be the first. It is. Oh, it is. Okay, cool. I'm looking at the card right now. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Which is good. I Thanks. hope. I hope they let him win. They. I hope they let him win in his debut. Somebody's got to be Baron Corbin. He's a piece of garbage. 
Anyway, um, WrestleMania should be interesting. I yeah. am I am tired of this nostalgia trip, though. Like, it was fun when I first got back into wrestling because it was a way it was a way to help me like remember the things I left to bridge the gap. To bridge the gap. Thank you. Yeah. But now it's like. It just makes me sad. Like, anytime I see The Undertaker come to the ring, I'm like, I was watching this man wrestle when I was seven years old. Well, and he's fighting Shane McMahon. And that's... What are you doing? That's a dumb match for both of them. They're both too old to be doing this. Yes. And uh, it's just... I don't know. Well, and I'm sorry. I also don't need... Don't get me wrong, and I'm sure I'll get a lot of flack for this. I don't need Triple H fighting. All the freaking time. No, and again, like as much as I love Triple H for what he's doing with NXT, yeah, dude, take yourself a little less serious. Like he has to be over all the time. Yeah, like, oh, and I don't hate Roman Reigns. I don't think he's great, but like the amount of the amount of heat that guy gets, I don't, I don't think it's warranted one hundred percent. He's not that bad, like. that bad but the thing is he's not that great he's either. no he's not he's not great by any like he's got a good look but yeah. he doesn't have a great skill set and he sure as hell can't talk on the mic no so what everyone else is saying i i wholeheartedly agree with they need to turn him heel if they turn him heel i think he'll get over because i've seen I interviews with him following too much of the rock footsteps though. well his whole life has been I'm the Rock's cousin, so whatevs. Yeah. And they're not. Did you know they're not actually cousins? They're like, their dad. Both they're of their. The same you go. I say that again. Your mic cut out they're a little from bit. The same like tribe or. Yeah, like their their grandfathers were like blood brothers. Yeah. Like, so like that's their big, their big thing. But I mean, whatever. The Samoans got to stick together, man. Because Vince McMahon tried to dick them over all the time, so. <laughs> they gotta do what they gotta do, but um, yeah. So I'm I'm not a I'm I'm not looking forward to that match. The only thing that will make me happy is if that's the match where Seth Rollins comes back. I I didn't realize because I got into wrestling when I got back into it. I was like, who the hell is this Seth Rollins cat? And I didn't really like him at first, and then like. As I watched it more and I realized everyone around him is garbage and this guy is like carrying every show he's on, I was like, oh wow, he's great. And by the, I swear to God, like a week after I finally became a Seth Rollins mark, he got injured. And I was like, oh god damn it. <laughs> and he's been off of the TV since. I'm not a Seth Rollins fan. <laughs> he's okay. I just think he gets too much hype. For what he does? Well, he was pretty much the only one who could go for a while. Yeah. So, true. but I I think when he comes back, it's going to be huge. And I have no idea how they're going to make him a bad guy again. Like, yeah. He can't stay a heel now because too many people are going to be excited to see him come back. Yeah. So, to me, it's going to be, it's going to have to be one of these things where, like, maybe they turn Roman heel and Seth is the baby face for a little bit. And then, I happening. I don't know, but they got to do something with that match. Somebody has to come back. Some injured person that we're missing, like Seth Rollins, Christ, Cesaro. Like uh, Cesaro finally doesn't have a sling on, so that's possible. Yeah, I saw that. I, I saw somebody um, on Twitter said he's actually, they saw him in an airport. They even posted a picture with him. 
and that he's flying to Dallas. So That's awesome. hopefully that means something. I mean, at this point, I'd be happy to see Randy Orton come back for God's sake. <laughs> like just something because I know we're not getting Tyson Kidd, who is one of my other favorites. Yes, yeah, I know see, he's not coming back anytime soon. I missed. I don't know much about Tyson Kidd because when I got back in, I haven't really seen him wrestle. He's another one who was New Japan. Okay. Um, and then he came over, um, and is obviously known a lot as Natty's husband. Oh, but, oh, that's him. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but I I loved him and Cesaro as a tag team. Like they were great. Mm-hmm. Without Natty at the right side of them, but. I gotta say, man, I've seen a couple of matches with with Natty recently. I, I think she's pretty good. I think. Oh, she's badass. Mm-hmm. She's a phenomenal wrestler. I just didn't like that they had her on the sidelines for a long time. Mm, I see she what you're saying. Hard. She was being her husband's valet. I, I know, and that's bullshit because she's a heart, man. Like yeah. that family. She made him a heart. Yeah. <laughs> like she brought him into her family when he was starting out as a wrestler. Because like, they that's huge, man. And they met while they were wrestling and stuff like that. And so it's like one of those things that he's now a big part of their family. Mm-hmm. But don't make her a valet for no. him. No. Like, that's, he should be her valet. No, <laughs> no member of the Hart family should be second fiddle to anyone. No. And if she, if she had a little bit more, like, if, she ha- if her in-ring work was a little better... There is no reason that she shouldn't be the top of that women's no that women's class right now. Well, I know she's on the card for WrestleMania. With she is. She's in that god. Bel- god, she's in that god awful five on five match, right? Yeah. That looks like a it's her, the Bellas, Paige, uh, Foxy, and stupid Eva Marie. That looks like it's going to be a disaster. Stupid. Like, the teams hardly even make sense. Like, the Total Divas team makes sense because they're all on TV show together that they want to yeah. promote. So I'm like, I'm okay with that for that angle. But that Which other team... This is one of my guilty pleasures. <laughs> that <laughs> other team makes no sense to me, though. No! Like why any of them are together. Summer Rae should never be fighting ever. No, she... she's awful. No. And Lana, I'm not sure what Lana can even do. Lana can stand there and be blonde. Yeah, like... Uh, I'm not looking forward to that. No. Um, okay, before we go, I want to ask you, do you watch Lucha Underground? I have watched a few episodes. My problem is that I've seen actual Luchador ma- like mm-hmm. matches in Mexico mm-hmm. with, again, my dad. <laughs> and so... Watching it on TV isn't as exciting for me. Fair enough. I know it sounds dumb, and I'm sure if I like, because it's, it's actually on my list of things to watch on maternity leave. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I've, I'm told it's a lot of TV and book reading on maternity leave. <laughs> yeah, in between trying to find a couple seconds to sleep. Exactly. Um, and also, don't forget, you promised months ago that you would just record yourself talking. And then yes. send me those files, and we would yes. we would just use those as podcasts. I like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, your two o'clock in the morning ramblings about comic books we can use yeah. as as a filler on the show. Um, I will say this about Lucha. I first when I first tried it, I was like, "Wow, this is kind of silly." Mm-hmm. 
I cannot express enough how obsessed I am with Lucha now. Lucha Underground is by far my favorite TV show right now. Like, really? My favorite TV show. Like, I did not get to watch it tonight because tonight's we're recording this on Wednesday and it's a, yeah. a late night for me. Or it, I had switched my schedule, so I had to work late tonight. Um, and then we recorded, so I haven't watched it yet. But I, even though we're done here after midnight, I'm probably gonna start watching tonight's <laughs> episode because I am so obsessed with Lucha Underground. Yeah. Even the silly things about it, I think, are great. Like, it's a wrestling telenoeva. <laughs> like, it's amazing. It is phenomenal. the The storytelling's good. It's everything that WWF can never be, because it's not live. They have the the benefit of being able to edit. They have the benefit of being able to build a story, and like get shoot an entire season at one time. You know, like it is so freaking amazing and i think you owe it to your mexican heritage to to (laughs) give it another shot i will i will i just it was one of those things where i got super nostalgic about watching them with my dad yeah and so it was like oh oh maybe i'll watch this later (laughs) do it dude last pregnant and hormonal and the last episode yeah no (laughs) you will cry then in this like you should definitely watch it while you're really hormonal because like you'll be like, this is beautiful, man. <laughs> like it's there it the is. the last episode, Ray Mysterio Jr. finally came back, and so like he has not wrestled in my world on a television in forever. So seeing Ray Mysterio come yeah. out, I'm like, oh, Ray Mysterio. Like I was just like I almost started oh, crying. I'm like I love Ray Mysterio. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. He came back. There's like there's a character that you'll probably absolutely love named Phoenix. He's okay. like he's like a Rey Mysterio. He's short and like really like acrobatic, and like his storyline is one where like oh he gets knocked down, he gets back up. He's like he's tenacious. Like the odds are against him. If you're feeling hormonal and you watch his storyline, you're gonna just be bawling your eyes. <laughs> Yay! Give it another go, man. I am. I cannot express I, enough like how much I, said, I love it's it. On my, it's on my to do list. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap up. Any other last things you want to say about wrestling? Um, just that I'm really looking forward to the uh, awesome, hopefully awesome WrestleMania this weekend. We'll see. We'll Which see. should be interesting because it seems like every year, no fail, every time WrestleMania lands on the same weekend as Tate's anniversary sale. <laughs> so. We've all been working usually Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, all in a row, open to close at least Friday and Saturday yeah. to get ready. And then we're trying to stay awake to watch WrestleMania yeah. <laughs> Sunday night. So yeah, it should be interesting. That's I know. In this, I'm because I am really hyped for the NXT show. Yeah. And this one for us here on the East Coast starts at 10 p.m. Yeah, and I'm like, holy Christ! And then on top of that, like I have some library uh, function I'm supposed to go to after work, like our the little library association that I'm the vice president of. Mm-hmm. We're having a thing at like seven o'clock that night, so I'm like, oh. I gotta go up to that. I gotta gotta make my showing there, and then I gotta try to get home at <laughs> ten a by by ten p.m. Yep, 
because I don't want to miss it. And like a friend of mine wanted to watch it too, but he like lives all the way down in Boca. I'm gonna be like all the way up in the north part of the county. I'm like, I bro, I, I don't know how it's gonna happen. But yeah, I'm really excited for that. Um I'm 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 getting a little bit more excited about WrestleMania than I was mm-hmm. previously. I'm not excited for the Hunter uh for the Triple H Reigns match. Um yeah. Even though, like, I, I, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure, like, work work rate-wise it'll be fine. Like, Triple H is still a pretty decent wrestler when I've seen him recently. Yeah. Go. Like, did you see that little special uh, pay-per-view they did? Fastlane? Not Fastlane. Um, Roadblock, I think they called it. It was oh, when yeah. Dean Ambrose wrestled um, Triple H. Like, they both... You know they they put on a hell of a show, so I, I have no doubt that Triple H can still put on a show. Roman Reigns looks the part, and I mean, his his work rate might not be the best, but like, if he's in there with somebody good, he looks good. You know, like you you see him and he looks like a professional wrestler to you, and you're like, okay, I, I can get behind it. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be the worst match on the card, but I'm not as excited as I am for like I think. For WrestleMania, I'm super excited for the Charlotte v. Becky Lynch v. Sasha Banks match. Yes. I think that's going to be phenomenal. Rick Flair stays out of it. He won't. That son of... Like, he needs to go away. <laughs> he is so creepy. Yep. He, he, uh, I just wish Rick Flair would go away. He's... In, like, and, and I used to... I used to love to hate Rick Flair, and I still love to do the woo and... Yes. I, you know, tell people all the time that my shoes cost more than their house. Like, <laughs> I I love classic Ric Flair, but I don't want creepy old man Ric Flair. No. Especially hanging around his daughter, like... Yeah. yeah. The way he, like, deals around the women. Like, especially when you know that Ric Flair is a disgusting, womanizing misogynist, like... I, do, I don't want that around these girls and these girls are so good now like holy shit women's wrestling is like so it's almost better than like any no Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch and even at times Charlotte are head and shoulders better than some of the men wrestler male, male wrestlers they have right now like to me they're, they're like completely underused and it's not like they they're good like bailey down in nxt oscar down in nxt they're such good workers like regardless of gender they're so good at what they do that i I, i'm really looking forward to that match and i'm also really looking forward to this ladder match like this seven man ladder match oh yeah you know kevin like kevin owens is phenomenal i love kevin owens so much and then, like, everyone else in that match is pretty good. Like, you got Sami Zayn in that match. I don't really care for Dolph Ziggler, and I really don't care for him now that he had his little Twitter rant of making light of eating disorders. Um, I thought that was a little stupid. Uh, yeah. The Miz, I, I've i grown to like The Miz lately. Yeah, I don't hate The Miz. I, I, I like Sin Cara. So. Sin Cara's great. Uh, I'm... Eh. As sad as I am that Neville's not going to be around because he got hurt, I'm happy that that gives Zack Ryder a chance to 
to do some stuff on the main roster. That'd be fun. Um, Stardust is always entertaining. Stardust is funny as hell. <laughs> and are we missing anybody? That's everybody, right? That's everybody. Yeah, so it, it's going to be fun. I think that's going to be a fun match. But outside of those two, I have no idea what else is going to be fun. This Usos versus Dudley boy, like, please, please make it stop. I'm done with the Usos. I'm done with the Usos, and I've been done with the Dudley boys. Yeah. You know, they can stay, like, they should stay in the extreme wrestling era. Like, they're not cut for this world. And when I saw that they were still doing that what's up thing, I was like, are you kidding me? Are (laughs) you kidding me? Yeah. What am I watching, and what year am I watching it in? Um, so I'm not really stoked for that one. I'm trying to remember the other. Oh, Dean Ambrose, Brock. Yeah. I'm excited to see Dean Ambrose do anything. I love Dean Ambrose. I'm yeah. not sure how I feel about Brock Lesnar being in a hardcore match. I don't like Brock Lesnar. I don't really like it. Like I like him in the sense that like when he's in the ring, you really feel like someone's about to die. Yeah. Because. Because he legitimately could probably kill them. Because he legitimately doesn't know how to to wrestle properly, and he will kill you. Yeah. Um. So I'm nervous that that Brock Lesnar will be around weapons. Sorry. I don't want him to hurt my my boy Dean Ambrose. Nope. Um. So, but I mean, that should potentially be a good match. <clears throat> I feel like I'm missing a few other matches, but who knows, man? Who knows what the hell they're My doing? My brain is shutting down. So I'm... <laughs> I know. It's 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 past midnight here on the East Coast for us. All right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> wrestling is good. If you're not watch if you're a wrestling fan or getting back into wrestling and you have not watched Lucha Underground, do it. Thank me later. It's a great yeah. show. You can thank me on Twitter at Assemble Podcast. You can drop me a thank you email at librariansassemble at gmail.com. Stop by the website, librariansassemble.com, for all of our past episodes as well as show notes. And to find the other show I was alluding to earlier, the Comic Flops uh, podcast, you'll find that there as well. We're on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and type in Librarians Assemble. There's, we're the one and only Librarians Assemble. Um, that's it, right? That's the only place we are. Yeah. You have anything you need to promote, Tate's? Um, if you're you in know, the South Florida area, sale this weekend. Yeah, if you're in the South Florida area, uh, is it both locations? The main location. The main location will have the giant tent, which it takes up half the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Boynton store will have the indoor sale. Okay. Very cool. And and this is Saturday and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday. All right. If you're in the South Florida area and you're not a creep, I will probably swing by the main store Saturday. Yay, I'll be there. All right. So don't be a creep. Be cool. Yep. This is a cool podcast where we just like to be friends, so don't be a weirdo. And if you're not a weirdo, then swing on by to Tate's this weekend. (laughs) We'll see you there. Yeah. Tate's is by far the best comic shop in South Florida. Yay. Um... And I don't just say that because I work there. And it I'm, legitimately is. I'm not saying that just because I desperately want them to promote the podcast. Um, <laughs> Angel, help out with that, please. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I legitimately like Tate's a lot. When I Before I ever started this podcast, before Angel and I really, you know, reconnected, reconnected I, you know, really liked it. 
I had never gone. I had finally discovered it. I'd finally gotten so sick of the other shop that's near me. Shop that shall not be named. The shop that shall not be named. (laughs) um, That I was like, I'm going to finally, I'm going to make the 45 minute trek out of my way to go there or however long it is. And I, I enjoy it. It's a great shop. For those not familiar, it's a really big shop down in Lauder Hill, Lauderdale, whatever whatever weird part of Broward County it's considered. Yeah. Um, it's big. It's got a lot of great back issues for comics, but it's also got a lot of great toys, a lot of cool collectibles, cool books, snacks, everything you can imagine. It's also got an art gallery of really cool, interesting art from local south florida artists a lot of local south florida artists are up there yeah right now we have the square show going on upstairs and it's over 130 local artists Uh, that's awesome um Uh, yeah one of the artists i saw there at one point was sass christian i saw one of her works there and i'm a huge sass christian fan she and amanda are friends Mm -hmm. she and amanda are friends oh awesome She's great. I love her art. I have one of her pieces of art somewhere in um, one of my many moves. Moves. I've lost it, and I'm very sad. And I don't. I can't find it on her website ever, anymore, and it makes me very sad. But her Colin, art. Hmm? Her husband, Colin Christian. Yeah, he's yeah. good too. He the the three women's heads in the window at Tate's are by him. I'm glad you told the audience that. I didn't need to be told that because I love I love them. I think they're great <laughs> artists. And one that was the first thing I noticed when I when I went to that shop for the first time. I'm like, that looks like either Sass or Colin. <laughs> well, and we try to bridge the gap with the Boynton store by having a singular mm-hmm. theme from him on the on the wall. Cool. So. Yeah, no, it's both stores are really great. If you can get. If you can get to that main store, if you're in the South Florida area, do it. It's worth the trip. I go, I make the trip at least a couple times a year to that big one. It's really good. Yeah. It's fun. It's a fun little trip. Take your friends. It's great. It's great. There's a lot of good places to eat around there too, so you can make a whole afternoon out of it. It's yeah. it's a fun trip to make. It's a great store. They make comic shops fun like they should be. Yay. I have no one has ever come to Tate's and told me later that they felt uncomfortable or nope. not wanted or any of the other complaints you hear from other comic shops. So thank you, Angel, and everyone else who works at Tate's for creating that kind of atmosphere. I love my crazy family there. Yeah, you, yeah, and they are. They're they're a very close-knit group of people who work at the store, yeah. and, they, and that's fun. That's nice when you get that. So that is our episode. Make sure you check out ringside if you if it sounded interesting to you i think think it's definitely worth a read if you're on the fence about wrestling watch it man you can get a free one month subscription to the wwe network and it's fun it's a great thing to do um they have so much content up there and you can watch wrestlemania for free i know that this will be out after wrestlemania maybe i'll try to get it up before wrestlemania but most likely this will be on the day after WrestleMania. So if we sparked your interest in wrestling, you can get a free subscription to the WWE Network and check out last night's WrestleMania <laughs> and see what all the hoopla is about. Yeah. So that's our show. Thank you again for being on, Angel. I do not know when we will hear from you next. For, yeah. oh, no. life, for life is about to take an exciting and scary turn for you. <laughs> So keep me posted off the podcast and 
we'll figure out what's going on and thank you all for listening i said the places you can find us so that's good angel anything you need to promote other than tates that's it that's it all right thank you everybody and we'll see you in a couple weeks all righty bye-bye